Welcome to your Breakthrough Blueprint. I'm your host, Becky Oste, a wife, mom, and trauma-informed marriage coach. After a decade of trying all the mainstream modalities of healing to save my marriage, I found myself two kids later separated and on the verge of divorce. That's when I stumbled upon the unconventional game changer of somatic work that not only resurrected my dying marriage, but bled into breakthroughs in my parenting, purpose, spirituality, health, wealth, business, and more in just six months. My intention with this podcast is simple. Through every weekly episode, my goal for you is that one, you realize how insanely collective our struggles are, that you're not even close to alone. Two, that you can laugh a little because God knows we need it. And three, that you walk away with actionable advice on how to design your unique blueprint for your breakthrough life. So get your earbuds in, grab your coffee so you can sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. So the portal to your next level. Ah, guys, I had a whole different plan on the calendar to talk about my parenting journey today, but I could not deny my gut on this one. It was literally pulling me a totally different direction for today's episode. So this word portal has been the dominating collective theme these last two weeks. I've noticed and I've seen it come up in my own life as well as and people sharing quotes in my community, posts on Instagram. And I saw this one quote and I loved it. It said, the portal to your next level is through the parts of yourself you want to avoid. Uh, can we just let that out? Like the big fat expression of, ah, uh, can there be another way, please? But we're going to circle back to that. This has also been on my mind because I'm hosting a week-long masterclass event with three of my most powerfully grounded and successful friends that I know the week of September 11th, and we're literally calling it The Portal. And it's going to be a week of training from 2 to 3 p.m. every day with the last day open for live Q&A, just so you know how exactly to end 2023, stepping into the most aligned, purposeful, and magnetic version of yourself in your life and your business. So right now it's 2.22 until the price rises. So if that resonates with you, I'd love to invite you. I'll include a link in the show notes. We would love to have you there with us. So back to that quote. The portal to your next level is through the parts of yourself you want to avoid. You know, the first thing I want to start with is I think of my son who is obsessed with soccer. I mean, like, so obsessed. We're so proud. Like my Both me and Sebastian love soccer so much. And he's just so good at it. For a little seven-year-old, he's killing it. He practices every day. He plays FIFA when he plays video games. He watches like soccer YouTube videos. He eats, breathes, thinks, sleeps, talks soccer. So I remember though, um, my son, he hates being bad at new things. So when we started any kind of like little techniques or skills that we were trying to, you know, teach him, my husband's actually his coach as well. He would just get so triggered, so frustrated. Like who can relate to that? That's totally me. Just hates being bad at new things and tends towards the perfectionism, like coping style, which we're working on it. But I remember through all of this, we just would really try to hammer home the value of practicing. 
Like it's way more about practice than perfection. It's way more about enjoying our time and just having fun and playing than the outcome, than the achievement, than the goal, right? Like obviously we celebrate the goals, but trying to ingrain that into his little soul, his little brain that like this is about enjoying soccer. And we'd give examples of like Messi, if you know, Messi's our favorite, you know, we believe the best soccer player in the whole world. We'd be like, you know, Messi has lost like hundreds of games. And he'd be like, what? And we're like, yeah, Messi doesn't score every game. You know that, right? And he'd be like, no way. So just trying to like layer that on. I would tell him how I hated losing as a kid just to help him, you know, move through and grow through that hating being bad at new things. And so now that he really is so good and like still reaching new levels, obviously, but look at what he would have missed out on is where my mind goes. He would have missed out on friends and memories and so many sick goals he's scored and victories and fun if he had stopped at the get go when he met resistance. And now this is like the greatest thing in his life. So the portal to his, you know, next level in soccer as a little seven-year-old is through those parts of himself that he wanted to avoid. He didn't like the shame or the embarrassment or the frustration that came with extending out of his comfort zone. You know, I think about even this past weekend, it was my birthday weekend. I turned 34 on Monday, actually. So the plan this weekend was water park with the family on Saturday, winery with my girlfriends on Sunday. And then Sebastian and I, my husband, we're going to do a float tank on Monday, which I've never done before. He's done it once, but I was really excited to try. Well, this was the plan and it was all going great until I got massively triggered Friday night. And guys, it's been a culmination. It's been honestly a hell of a month with my mom's health declining and her going into the hospital. And like, that's another story for another time. I did an Instagram live on it, but my nervous system has like been through the ringer this month. And so Friday night, I got really triggered on a level that I haven't been in literal years with Sebastian. And we got in a huge fight Friday night. I yelled at him. I was swearing at him. He fell asleep and I was trying to force the conversation like I used to. And then I could not sleep while he was sound asleep. And here I am awake and seething. And I literally didn't sleep more than a few hours. And, you know, at that point, I'm like, I'm just ready to trash the whole weekend. Forget birthday weekend. It's ruined. I'm going to be too tired to go to the water park tomorrow. Everything's, you know, plans are ruined. This is not supposed to go this way. And so it was also triggering because I'm like, oh, I'm going to spend the whole day just napping by myself alone, a victim of abandonment while I ask Sebastian to go take the kids out so I can get some sleep. Like this is what's going through my head. And in the morning, he ended up coming right up to me and hugged me and immediately apologized. And I apologized back. And it was just this like ice melting feeling, like all of the tension and the, you know, energy that I was holding all night long, um, just in the warmth and energy of his humility and us, you know, getting to talk about it. It was like, wow, that's not 
old us at all old us that would have been at least a week of like silent treatment and not being able to work through that and I was grateful because we ended up going to the water park I did get to nap um but we had a good day as much as we could with still some lingering raw feelings of like wow we just almost murdered each other but who wants to go down the water slide (laughs) so that was Saturday and then Sunday I was so excited to go to the winery with just the girls and Sebastian's mom got me a new dress and I was like, this is the most beautiful dress I've ever seen in my life. I put it on. It felt like a glove. I felt like Rachel McAdams out of the notebook. It was that kind of style. And as soon as I get to um, the winery, one of my friends, I asked her if she could zip up the very last like centimeter of the zipper and the zipper broke, like completely opened up down the side. And you could see like my underwear, you could see my bra, like it was not just a little opening. It was like, hello, it's my birthday. And guys, I literally almost started crying. And it was not about the dress. It was just that trigger of like, can't anything just go as planned? Thank God my other friend, who's that mom that's always prepared. And she literally had like a Ziploc bag of safety pins in her car. I don't know know who does that, but she does. And it ended up being great. We We had like some really honest talks about everything under the sun from um man it's I mean the people I attract we've all been through (laughs) some trauma so we were telling some trauma stories talking about um surviving abuse and divorce and all of this you know stuff that we've been through it was it was turned out to be a great day Monday okay Monday my actual birthday the night before as we were going to bed uh, Sebastian realizes, oh shoot, I can't go in the float tank because I just got a tattoo three weeks ago. You can't go in those when you had a recent tattoo. So we decided, okay, let's go see a movie. Yes. So fun. So that was the plan. I was like, man, just got to go with the flow this weekend. Nothing is going as planned, but I got excited about the movie. Um, we woke up trying to get the kids to school. We ended up feeling too late, too rushed. So I was like, At this point, I refuse to play victim and I'm just like at a total surrender of like, why would I expect this not to work out either? Like, yeah, you know, that I shifted to like, okay, what better is in store? Maybe there's another, you know, plan in store for me. And so I'm just going to choose to be happy. So we end up going to the float place just to check it out um, and schedule something for later. But when we were there, Sebastian bought this like Tibetan sound bowl. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? It's like the bowl where you have the stick and you're, I wish you guys could see me right now, but you're like moving the stick, touching the um, outside of the bowl um, in circle, you know, in circles. And it makes like a very beautiful humming sound. And we didn't know, like we have never used one of those, never bought one of those, but Sebastian bought that. And I'm saying that for a reason, I'm going to come back to it. But after we got that little sound bowl, we found a French bakery and these were the best baked goods I've ever had. There was um, this garlic cream bread and this like matcha cream croissant. And we started talking And, you know, Sebastian was just sharing with me him wanting to deepen his own commitment to his own healing journey. He's looking into a program to do for himself, which would include a retreat, a spiritual retreat in Jamaica. And but he was sharing with me in that conversation. We were getting really honest, really 
open, really vulnerable. Um, I was actually really nervous, like just speaking truth on a level that I feel like I never have back to him before. And he said to me, man, Becky, healing and self-development just seems to come so easily to you. And I wish it was easy for me. And I was like, stop right there, Buster. Like, hell no, it didn't. And this is an interesting thing about me. I've gotten this my whole life. Um, when, even when I look into, if you've heard of human design, like basically something that is very common for people to perceive from me is that things come easy and naturally. And I'm just here to say, hell no, they didn't. Um, I have struggled. And a lot of that, especially from my husband when we weren't well, a lot of that was silent struggle. A lot of that was fear of showing him my struggle. So like I kept a lot of it inside. But when I think of like my own coping mechanisms and the things that I've had to break through and like work through and heal from, it really was a messy, like hard, dark, lonely at periods metamorphosis for me. And I feel like in so many ways, um, this is just the the healthiest I've ever felt in my whole life. And I feel like I'm in this era of expansion and just getting to like deposit out of pure joy everything I've gotten to learn along the way into other people. But I still do struggle. And so all that to say, I was just sharing with him, like, look, I've been through it. It was not easy. And um, sometimes I didn't think I'd ever make it, you know, to the other side, quote unquote, so to speak. We never like arrive. But a lot of these different coping mechanisms for me, like the hyperachieving, the drinking, the people pleasing, the perfectionism, the OCD, all of my own coping mechanisms, like I, those had full control over me at one point in my life. And I don't feel like they have control anymore. Not to say they don't pop up, but now I know how to like kindly talk to them and speak to those parts of me with love as opposed to seeing them as such a threat or an enemy. Like I I feel like I've gotten to integrate a lot of different parts of me. And so anyway, it turned into this incredible conversation, like one of the best conversations I think Sebastian and I have ever had when it comes to just authenticity and sharing um, our different core values and, you know, trying to figure out how to integrate those core values to work together as a team. I was shocked because Friday night I was like, oh my God, are we going to make it through this? Like, this is hell. We're like, you know, just massive trigger, massive fight. And then here we are on the other side talking about things that were really hard for both of us, but it grew, it turned into so much deeper intimacy. And so um, all that to say on the other side of that conversation of like the birthday weekend, not going well of all these things that I wanted to avoid and didn't want to face and things I didn't want to say, moving through exactly what I was avoiding led to since then, it's been such a cool week. Like that, that Tibetan sound bowl that Sebastian bought 
um, we brought it into the kids' room for bedtime. We turned the lights off and we lit a candle. And Sebastian was, um, you know, doing, she, he was making the sound. I don't even know what to call it because we're like so new to this. But we were watching the kids like immediately uh, calm down and be like, whoa, this is different. This is cool. Bedtime is something that can be stressful in our household. Like they never want to go to bed. And it's the like three, four times like telling them to go back into the room. And, and all of that. So this was like, whoa, how cool is this? And then we were singing and we were having everyone, kids included, sharing gratitudes. And it was just this like, whoa, what a cool vibe. And now that's become our new routine. Um, we did it again with the kids and then we did it last night. Me and Sebastian, I don't know if you guys are into this. This might be like really woo-woo for some of you. It still feels woo-woo to me, but it is a full moon tonight um and so yesterday was still like the upcoming energy of the full moon and i have friends that are like all into that stuff and they do like full moon ceremonies and full moons are just basically a great time to release what's no longer serving you and invite in what you want more of and so last night sebastian was doing his sound bowl we lit a candle just us in the bedroom and i was just laying down on the floor and he was too. And I was just doing some breathing exercises and like just thinking through all the things that um, this past month has brought heavy and hard as well as beautiful and just kind of just like letting go um, of what I I felt like didn't serve me, what was heavy, what was hard, and then really taking note of what I wanted to invite in these next 30 days of my life. And we got to experience like just such beautiful intimacy after like we were just in such an energetic, calm vibe, just, you know, getting to be affectionate and kiss each other. And it just turned into this beautiful, you know, night that it showed me like, man, exactly what the quote I started off with today of like, the portal to your next level is through the parts of yourself you want to avoid. So this felt like a quantum leap just even in my own marriage this week, but it came through a weekend that felt like this is not supposed to happen this way. And I wanted to avoid all the hard feelings and talks that came with it. And it just led to something really, really beautiful on the other side. So I think about this in relationships. I think about this with my kids, right? I also think about it in business or whatever livelihood that you're working or whatever work you're doing. Um, for me, before stepping into marriage coaching, I was in network marketing, if you don't know my story. And I feel like I did reach my expiration date in that. It became very apparent that like, okay, this is no longer lighting me up. It did for a time. Um, but I feel very called to step into this marriage coaching, especially with what me and Sebastian were able to unlock and uncover. I just feel like I need to get this into other women's hands. However, it was during a time in my previous company, you met when we were finishing a really huge goal. And basically, if you've never done network marketing, this might 
not make sense to you at all. But if you have like, I was a very important piece of the final puzzle of this goal coming together, basically me staying in the director position that I was, was a part of us finishing this national goal as a team. And me stepping out would have like unraveled basically 12 years of a goal in the making. Um, And so I was just at such a screaming internal crossroads of like, this is no longer what I want to do. I am so clear about this. I know exactly what I want to do next. My gut is screaming, step into this. And yet it felt like death to me to tell my mentors, coaches, people on the team that like, hey guys, I'm stepping out of this and I know this is terrible timing, but I need to trust that this is where my intuition is calling me. This is what God has put on my heart. And it got the response that I wanted to avoid, that I was terrified would happen. It was like crying. It was disappointment. It was begging me to stay, just hold on a little longer. And I felt like I was slowly suffocating. It felt so constricting. It felt like death, like people pleasing for me um, is just one of the biggest ways that I can self-sabotage when I feel like I'm stressed out or triggered. I go do people pleasing. And so, God, that was just terrible. And I wanted to avoid it so much. It would have felt so much easier just to be like, okay, I'm I'm just kidding. Like I'm here. I'm going to just keep doing this. But I know it would have been at the cost of my soul's purpose and what lit me on fire and where I felt like I was called to be. And so, I think about that, like, here I am now, and I am still great friends with them. Like, I I love the community that I got to connect with for so long that invested so much in me. Like, I'm still cheering all of them on. But I, here I am in my purpose, so grateful getting to do the work that I get to do and impact the women's lives that I was meant to impact. And I get to wake up every day feeling like this does not drain me. Like I'm so in my purpose right now. And I wouldn't have ever been able to experience this if I avoided that really uncomfortable handful of conversations with people that I knew was going to let them down. So I talk with women a lot about this. I'm not a business coach, but um, I know like it comes up in my client group that women are feeling like I'm made for more. Uh, What I'm doing right now is it doesn't feel aligned. It's not giving me joy or it's just, you know, not fitting with the family life that I want to have to be present more for, you know, my kids and my husband And so a lot of my clients, it's interesting. It's they're putting out kind of the marriage fire first, but when they get, you know, to that place of healing in their marriage, I'm noticing a pattern of the next thing that they want to focus on now is getting more aligned in what do I want to do with my life? Like, what do I, what are my gifts? Like, how can I bring them to the world and what would that look like? And so it's very beautiful, very, very beautiful to watch um, that happen in business, but it's often on the other side of what we're trying to avoid. And then I think of parenting, you know, for me, um, I will go deeper into this probably in the episode that I promised I would bring you guys on like my messy parenting journey and and healing and all of that. 
But one thing I'll say today is one thing that I've resisted for a long time is like having the kids sleep in my room. And I felt a lot of shame for this. I'd see other moms who like love co-sleeping with their babies and can't get enough of their babies and wanted them on their hip every single second. And I've never been like that. Like I do love snuggling them. I do love cuddling them, but it is not a like, I need this every second type thing. I'm actually way more like, give me my space. Okay. Especially with sleep. I want to be alone. And it became really like, I don't know if the divisive is the word, but it was becoming like a thing in our family because I feel like I'm the only one out of the four of us, you know, my son, my daughter, and my husband that was on team kids sleep in their own rooms. Like if it was up to my husband and them, we'd all sleep together in the same bed every single night. My husband loves it. The kids love it. I'm the only one that didn't. And so I resisted this for so long and it was leading to me feeling like, I mean, I'd set my boundaries right and I'd be like, no, mommy needs her sleep. I was starting to compromise with like a Saturday night family sleepover. So we've been doing that for a while and it's like some nights I enjoy it. Other nights it just feels like a sacrifice to me. I just would rather be in my own space. And so all that to say, it's something that like, I've avoided dealing with actually and like unpacking what's there and like why it feels like such a threat to my nervous system for my kids to sleep in my room and why it brings me so much shame to even like say that out loud. So I was I um, have a good friend, Lauren Dry. She's a nervous system specialist, but for parents and she lives in Australia. Some of you might know her from master classes I've done with her in the past, but I basically was like, Lauren, can I book a session with you? And so we booked a session for me to do some parts work, which if you don't know what parts work is, it's you can think of the movie Inside Out, um, where it's this movie of a little girl named Riley and she the movie like goes inside her brain and it has these different parts of her, which this one character's name is anger and one is sadness and one is happiness. And they're all fighting over the control panel um, for in Riley's uh, Riley's brain. And it just turns into a dumpster fire. And, you know, especially like the happiness character wants to kick the anger one out because she's like, just be happy all the time. There's no room for anger. There's no room for sadness. And then anger is like trying to take control of the control panel, all this stuff. So parts work is basically teaching all the different parts of us, the like angry part of us, the happy part of us, the sad part of us, um, the little girl part of us, the older, wiser part of us, how to work together and integrating them. And so I did a parts work session with Lauren specifically around this um, topic of the kids sleeping in my room. And I don't know if it was, you know, this was a couple weeks ago now. And like I said, this was a really hard month just with everything going on with my mom. So maybe it was making me more um, sensitive than normal. But I swear I cried the whole time working through this stuff with Lauren. And like really what I was able to discover through this was um, one going way back like I was an only child and I slept in my parents room for a really long time and they had like a non-existent marriage they were pretty much roommates um they did end up sleeping in separate 
bedrooms. Like really it was just me keeping them together. And, uh, so I have this like subconscious story. I realized that, um, I would not let that happen in my own marriage. Um, I would not let the kids come between me and Sebastian, basically. Like I saw the kids as a threat. All of this is subconscious, right? Like I would never put this into words, but this is what I realized came up. Like I saw the kids as a threat to the cohesion in my marriage. And so I have always been very strict about, nope, it's not going to happen what happened to my parents. Like you guys are going to sleep in your own room. Like me and daddy are going to have mommy daddy time. And, um, but that was a lot of pressure to put on my kids, even if I wasn't saying it to them. That was a lot of pressure. And so being able to like discover that in that session with Lauren, and then she literally had me hold out my two hands. And on the one hand was the little girl version of me who just wanted to sleep in my parents' room. And then on the other hand was the older version of me who's resisting my kids sleeping in my room. And she like guided me having these two parts talk to each other. And I'm just sobbing the whole time. And by the end of it, I just felt such a an internal like cellular level, spiritual, metaphysical, I don't even know how to describe it, shift happen around this idea of the kids sleeping in my room. And what I've noticed is I feel changed in my response to even the idea of it. Like even just when I think about it kind of on a day-to-day thing, like, hmm, what if, you know, all your aunt asked to sleep in my room, you know, tonight, I would, I have felt ever since that session, just softer and more open and more like, oh, like that would be really sweet or that would be really nice. And guys, I've never felt that before. So all that to say, this seems like such a small thing, but for me, it was big. And you know, on top of that, for so many years with my world feeling like it was spinning out of control and, you know, me and Sebastian were on the verge of divorce and it just felt so chaotic and like I had no control over anything around me. And so bedtime for me felt like the one thing I could control where it's like, at least at night I can have my peace and quiet. And this is something that I can, you know, have under control. And so I realized a lot of it was that it was just like how I survived for a long time, but I don't have to be in survival mode anymore. Like I no longer have to protect myself from chaos in my environment because we have healed and this is a new reality that we're living in as a family. And so all that to say, I'm like experiencing this new this new feeling when it comes to my relationship with my kids. And uh, it was through just diving in just even just one session, like seeing the difference of diving into the thing that I was trying to avoid and resist. I could say so many more things. I'll just, I'll just add two more as we land this plane. But one area where this definitely came up was money. Like I avoided looking at it at all for so many years, like was terrified to open my bank account. What if the balance was lower than I wanted it to be? What if I overdrew? And so if you haven't heard my entire messy money healing journey, um, go back to the episode that I'll link in the show notes on that. That that got probably the best feedback out of any solo episode that I've ever done. Um, 
was that story. So that's a good one if you want to go deeper. But I remember when I first decided like, all right, I'm tired of just surviving. I'm tired of spinning my wheels. I'm sick and tired of feeling so much stress around money. I decided to invest in a financial coach, um, Justin Buonamo. He's going to be on the podcast soon, but he was the first one with the community. It's a group coaching program that he um, created where I felt a shame-free zone to talk about all of my resistance and wounds and fears with money. And so it was this like baby step of, um, I'm going to start at least talking about this. And then I remember crying, like every time I would talk about money at the beginning, like it was just that untouched of an area of my life that needed to be thawed. And he went on to coach me and I now like money does not stress me out for the first time in my life. And I have this like relationship with money. It feels like an intimacy with money where I literally will talk to money now. It sounds crazy, but if I find like a penny on the ground, I'll be like, oh, money, thank you for coming to me. And I teach my kids now like, Ollie, you want to know how to have more money? You'd be super grateful for the money that you have right now, even if it's just a dollar. And so my whole psyche and relationship and experience with money um, for the first time ever is not anything close to stress. It really is gratitude and trust. And it's almost like I've gone on that same journey uh, as I did with my marriage from like anxious attachment, fear of abandonment in my marriage to secure attachment and not afraid of, you know, our marriage falling apart. This is what has happened in my money too. I've gone from fear of abandonment that money, you know, would just scarcely dwindle away to like, oh, I trust that you're going to always, I'll always have enough and you're going to provide for me. So that's that's money. Another, you know, we could go deeper if you want to listen to the other episode. But the last thing I'll share is in the area of spirituality, how like the goodness, the portal was like exactly going through what I was the most afraid of. And I've mentioned this on other podcast episodes, but I grew up from a pretty young age with this deathly terror of death, like the fear of dying. Um, more so the fear of eternity, to be totally honest. So I grew up in a very Christian home. Uh, it was very much like the talk of the apocalypse and the second coming and Jesus coming back and it being war and you better be right with God. And I was just terrified of all of it. And it would lead me to panic attacks uh, randomly. I'd be like watching a movie with my husband, just snuggling. And then all of a sudden the thought would hit me that, oh, oh my God, I'm going to die one day. And on the other side of that is this never, ever, never ending, like forever cycle of eternity. And it would put me into a panic attack, like symptoms of dissociation, where it would feel like my head was floating away from my body. Um, It was a, a trauma response that only got worse over time. And I finally decided to tackle that fear directly um, through some subconscious reprogramming work with a friend of mine named Kara Ugolini. And combining that with somatic work, I, for the first time ever, 
feel peace about like my mortality. I know this sounds really morbid, but like, I don't feel afraid of it. I have not had that trauma bodily response in years since leaning into this work. I just feel peace. I feel like this is the cycle of life. It's mysterious. I don't get it, but it's beautiful and it's wonderful. And this is something I literally used to beg God for when I was a little girl, like, please take away my fear of death. I'd look around me at church and all these people would be like, I can't wait to meet God. And I can't wait to walk through those pearly gates. And I'd be like, I'm terrified. Why are you guys so excited about this? And so here I am now, like able to, I wouldn't say I'm thrilled and excited maybe too. Cause it's like, I'm just really grateful for life right now. Uh, life has never felt this beautiful, this aligned, but for me, it's the most incredibly miraculous victory just to say like, I feel peace around that. So all that to say, guys, in all of these different areas, I mean, we didn't even cover them all, but just of our lives from parenting and our relationships, our business, money, spirituality, I just want to leave you with the portal to your next level in any of those areas is through the parts of yourself you want to avoid. The last caveat, this is the trauma-informed coach in me, will just add, don't rush something too soon. So there's always going to be parts of ourselves that we want to avoid. And if we try to open that can of worms too fast, too soon, I mean, that's the definition of trauma in the first place. Like we're really going to put ourselves at risk of re-traumatizing if we try to dive headfirst um, into an area that we're just not ready to explore. So even the best of modalities, like I'm a fan personally of EMDR. I think it's great. I've had people have great experiences with it, but a good friend of mine, she went through sexual abuse. She's a survivor of sexual abuse and she did an EMDR session before any kind of somatic work. She hasn't done like nervous, uh, nervous system regulation or anything, which is really, really important if you're going to do um, if you're going to revisit a trauma like that, like you want to make sure your nervous system is regulated, it's calm, um, it's in a, a place of homeostasis. And so anyway, she didn't, she did EMDR and she came out of there with, you know, this like hyperventilating panic attack was just not okay for weeks after that. It, um, it opened up a can of worms that like her, she was just not ready to, to go after. So the thing with reaching your next level and stepping through that portal to whatever that next level is, is best done with grace, with ease, with self-compassion, um, with a pace that feels in alignment with what your body is ready for. So, when I do work with clients, you know, it's a lot of asking them like, hey, the idea of that, like, for example, the idea of even talking to your husband about, um, you know, this fight you have, like, how does that feel in your body to even do that? And if they're literally, if they start shaking or their heart starts pounding or they're like on the verge of an anxiety attack, I'm like, it's not time to do that then right now. Like, do not put your body through that amount of stress, if this is how it's responding, just tend to yourself, create safety in yourself, and you can shelf it for later. So all that to say, 
Um, there's a difference between avoiding and shelving. We don't have to build Rome in a day. We don't have to tackle everything right in 24 hours. Um, for you, the next level, right? The portal to your next level, the part of you that you want to avoid is maybe even just like putting it on a to-do list, right? So if that conversation with your husband is something that um, is too much right now, maybe it's just writing it in the notes on your phone, like, hey, get to this when I'm ready. Or maybe it's just expressing to a friend, hey, I feel like I need to talk to him about this at some point. I'm not ready right now, but this is me just like being conscious of and recognizing that that's something I want to avoid. And so can you maybe ask me about it in a couple weeks or something like that? So I love you guys. I hope today served you and um, I'm sending you just so much love, a big hug, and I can't wait to talk to you again next week. Ah, I'm honored you found today's episode worth your listen and time to hang out with me today. You know, for some of us, this podcast is just the thing you need to support you towards your breakthrough. But for others, we know we need a deeper level of support and guidance. So if you're a highly ambitious woman who's ready to repair deep, unshakable connection in your marriage, I'd love to tell you about my client coaching program called Root to Rise. This is the life-changing transformational container that will teach you exactly how to launch your marriage to the next level by moving trauma out of your body and stepping back into your power. Even if you've already tried everything, even if you're caught on the fence of should I stay or should I go, and even if your husband's not on board today. So look for my link in the show notes to book a call with me and we'll just talk about what's working, what's not, where you want to go. And very easily, I'll be able to tell you if and how I can help you. And if not me, I can still point you in the direction of some resources that can. So either way, tons of clarity. We'll have some fun getting to know each other while we're at it. And that's it for today. Huge hugs, my friend. I'll chat with you next Friday.